0: Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Texas
1: Ag Today. I'm your host Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: With the water challenges of the Texas High Plains escalating, our farmers are being called upon to do a lot of strategizing. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: Historically low interest rates helping buyers of rural land. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A new concept for a grow-your-own steak kit is leaving a very bad
4: taste for many. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories, plus news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domo with news headlines.
5: One of China's top pig producers, Maiyuan Foods, is trying to raise more hogs on a single site than any company in the world. Reuters says it is a risky investment as African swine fever still lingers in the country. The company began building the farm back in March and started operations at the first of 21 new buildings in September. The company's new mega farm will eventually house close to 84,000 sows and their offspring, by far the largest in the world. According to Reuters, that is roughly 10 times the size of a breeding facility in the United States. The company says its goal is to produce about 2.1 million pigs per year. My Yuan will spend about 40 billion yuan this year on new pig farms. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will soon begin purchasing bison meat to ease pressure on the U.S. bison industry. The National Bison Association requested the action under the Section 32 Surplus Removal Program. Dave Carter, Executive Director of the National Bison Association, says the ground bison will be distributed through several federal food programs.
6: When I talked to the deputy administrator on Friday, she said that they plan to continue the the food box program going into next year, and they're looking for some good quality protein to put into those food boxes, so we might be part of that program.
5: The purchase of bison meat is part of a $170 million Section 32 purchase, which includes beans, butter, fluid milk, and fresh grapes. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domo.
1: As the decline of the Ogallala Aquifer continues, strategic thinking is becoming increasingly essential for those Texas High Plains farmers who are facing irrigation challenges. James Hunt reports from Amarillo.
2: Texas A&M AgriLife Irrigation Specialist Dana Porter says one area for strategic thinking by farmers is irrigation scheduling, making use of information such as how much subsurface moisture they have and how well their soil can hold that moisture.
5: And really, the opportunity comes in early in the season or during the season after a rainfall when we're trying to decide if we can delay an irrigation application, and at the end of the season, if we can go ahead and terminate irrigation. You know, when's a good time to do that without undue yield loss?
2: Dr. Porter says farmers can also enhance moisture retention by leaving residue in their fields and with tillage approaches like furrow diking. Another consideration? planting drought-tolerant varieties.
5: You know, crops that is drought-tolerant may or may not have greater yield potential, but it can survive drought conditions. So that can become very useful when our limited availability supplemental irrigation can't keep up with crop demand.
2: In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Desperately needed COVID-19 relief may finally be in sight in the waning days of the outgoing Congress, although there are questions about how any new farm aid might be tailored. Outgoing House Agriculture Committee Chairman Colin Peterson.
6: I just hope that whatever they end up doing in agriculture, they don't just give money away that they focus it on what is actually needed and required and not just give out direct payments to people whether they need it or not.
3: Peterson
1: says he's leery of just giving the Agriculture Secretary a free hand to decide how to distribute the new aid. Low interest rates are boosting sales
3: of rural Texas land. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest again today is Tyler Jacobs, broker partner with Hall & Hall Partners LLP from College Station. He addresses the very low interest rates and their impact on rural Texas land sales.
7: The interest rates are definitely at historic lows, and and the lenders have gotten really good about offering different types of products to meet different types of needs. So fixed rates that are short window, medium window, long window, based on different amortization schedules and so those products right now are ranging from the low 3% up into the 5% depending on the product and credit and all those other factors but comparatively that is just in such a historic low that that it is creating a lot of opportunity out there for sellers
3: when we look at uh, rural land sales across the state of Texas or any particular uh, regions uh, that are uh, hotter than others
7: if you take the production agriculture and and pure timberland out of the bracket. I mean, you're looking at recreationally influenced properties. There's not any region in Texas that has not benefited this year from this market. I would say the closer that land is to an urban setting, probably the, the more influence, the smaller the size, the more influence on the strength of the market. But definitely all recreational property in Texas has benefited from this current market and and the number of transactions that most of the land brokers are seeing right now are just are through the roof. I would say maybe maybe as high as a 20% increase year over year, which is phenomenal and I think when the dust settles at the end of the year, you know, I think we're going to see some statistics that are that are rather shocking.
3: Now obviously when people are looking at uh, purchasing land, uh, they go out and view that land With the coronavirus, people are still doing that or are there more uh, online viewings or how is that working?
7: You know, there's a number of different ways to accommodate that and, and it's generally pretty situationally driven. But most of these properties have online videos of the property the mapping software and all of those things have increased so much. And, and then there's just such a number of ways where just going to a, a restaurant at an outdoor patio and keeping your tables socially distanced, we can basically do the same thing on a ranch showing. Maybe your family's in one pickup and the ranch broker's in another pickup where you can maintain the social distance. But where there's a will, there's a way. And, and most rural land brokers are very, very conscious about keeping the public safe and, and not increasing any exposure.
3: Tyler, what is the average size of the property that uh, people are uh, looking at and purchasing uh, during this uh, historic time?
7: And I think you're generally talking about a bracket that's say, you know, 20 acres and up. There's no doubt the smaller the tract higher the frequency of transactions. There's always going to be more buyers for 20 acres in a market than there is for 2,000 acres.
3: Those comments again from Tyler Jacobs. He is a broker partner with Hall & Hall Partners, LLP from College Station. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new concept for a grow your own human steak kit is
1: leaving a very bad taste for many. Gary Joyner has more on this stomach-churning idea.
4: Recent articles about a new alternative protein are cringe-worthy. According to reports, a group of American scientists and designers have developed a concept for a grow-your-own-steak kit using human cells and blood. The steak could be grown by the diner at home using their own cells, which are harvested from the inside of their cheek and fed serum derived from expired donated blood. It's shocking to say the least. The cultured meat industry is finally turning to cannibalism, but in this case it's not one company eating the competition, it's much worse than that. The links to which some in the anti-meat community will go has been revealed. There is competition in the marketplace for alternative proteins. Consumers can decide for themselves what's desirable. The key is transparency. Only 100% live animal-produced protein should be labeled and marketed as a meat product. All packaged meat substitutes should feature their own label, not a meat product. And in the case of this new concept of grow your own steak, the label is simply gross. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
1: Hemp farmers in several Texas counties will have access to crop insurance next year. Rod Bain reports from Washington.
6: Hemp producers, expect improvements to federal crop insurance offerings for the coming crop year. USDA Risk Management Agency Administrator Martin Barbary says for 2021, the multi-perial crop insurance pilot program for hemp coverage has been expanded. We're expanding the program to new states, Arizona, Arkansas, Nevada, and Texas and specific counties in those new states. Also,
7: we added new counties in states with existing coverage, 13 new counties there across the country.
6: multi peril crop insurance now also applies to broker contracts for hemp grade.
7: Requirements said they had to contract directly with a processor, so we've added brokers to that. There's definitions for broker in the crop provisions.
6: Plus, there are adjustments of program, reporting, and
7: billing dates. We've moved the sales closing dates to end more in line with dates of similar crops, cancellation, production reporting, and termination dates are all the same now as premium billing day for all states was changed to august 15th that's a premium billing day for corn and soybeans spring crops
6: i'm rod bain reporting for the u.s department of agriculture in washington dc
5: the texas parks and wildlife department is encouraging bear awareness and safety i'm jessica Domel and i'll have that story coming up on texas ag today
1: and how does the placebo effect play into veterinary medicine Texas veterinarian, Dr. Bob Judd will answer that question coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises.
6: You never know what to expect.
1: So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family.
2: Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to
6: qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, we've all heard
1: of the placebo effect in human medicine, but does it apply in veterinary
8: medicine? Dr.
1: Bob Judd takes a look.
8: It is human nature that if you treat an animal for a disease and the animal improves in a short period of time, it is likely that the medication was the reason. However, this is not always the case, as Dr. Brennan McKenzie from California indicates in his book, Placebo for Pets, that science is more complicated than that. For one thing, we may be using multiple treatments at one time. Also, some diseases have a natural history of waxing and waning, and some resolve on their own. Also, the diagnosis may be incorrect, and it is difficult to discount the fact of treatment and cure, but even having the same response to treatment over several years does not indicate the treatment was the cause of a decrease in disease. I will give you an example. For years, we believed that urinary tract infections in male cats were the cause of straining to urinate and blood in the urine. We would treat them with antibiotics and they would improve in seven to 10 days. So the antibiotic was the reason, right? Actually, it was not the reason for the improvement. As we now know that urinary bladder infections in male cats are rare and the cause is usually related to a stress condition called idiopathic feline cystitis that is likely related to stress. And these cats usually improve without antibiotics. So even though we thought for years the problem was infection and the antibiotic was the cure, that was incorrect. There are a lot of unconventional treatments and medications recommended on the Internet without any scientific studies to back them up. So be careful using medications without scientific studies. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The
1: Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is encouraging bear awareness and safety. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report.
5: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is urging Texans to exercise bear safety as the likelihood of spotting a bear in populated areas increases. The department reports that occasional bear sightings continue to crop up in the west and southwestern portions of the state. In most cases, bears are not a danger to people, according to TPWD mammologist Jonah Evans. In the last 120 years, there have been fewer than 20 fatal attacks by bears. In comparison, there are about 20 fatal attacks yearly by domestic dogs. Evan says Texans can find a way to peacefully live in areas with bear populations. For example, there are bear-proof dumpsters that reduce or prevent bear encounters. Texans in areas where bears have been spotted are encouraged to secure their garbage, pet food, wildlife feeders, and any food items outdoors that may entice a bear. Black bears are native to Texas, and they are protected. To scare bears out of residential areas, TPWD employs standard bear hazing practices like making loud noises. Sometimes TPWD staff must utilize non-lethal flash rounds, paintballs, or rubber buckshot to encourage the bear to leave a populated area. And when those practices don't work, TPWD staff must physically remove the bear. Evan says those hazing protocols provide the best chance for the bear to live in the wild and relocate naturally. Trapping and having to relocate the animal is invasive, and it puts a lot of stress on the bear, which can sometimes lead to its death. If you see a bear, TPWD suggests that you stay away from it and do not attempt to feed it. If you're in an urban or developed area, and it appears aggressive towards humans or causes property damage, notify your local police or sheriff's department and ask them to contact the local game warden or Texas Parks and Wildlife Department biologist. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged throughout the day on Wednesday, but we saw a big jump in both wheat and cotton. We'll take a look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
3: Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck, and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to oli.org for info.
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag
1: Today. We saw the cattle contracts trade on both sides of the market all day long. Throughout Wednesday, we ended up closing mixed in both live and feeder cattle. We were lower on the deferreds. We were lower on the nearbys, higher on the deferreds. December live cattle down 47, 107.37. February up 20 11097 April live cattle up 12 at 11505 January feeder cattle down 55 cent 13702 March feeders up 30 13880 the April up 37 14042 Cash fed cattle trade still quiet at midweek normally we have the online fed cattle exchange on Wednesday but that did not happen had some technical difficulties they weren't able to pull it off so no sales to report there the rest of the countryside still quiet no bids from the packers feedlots are asking 108 to 110 boxed beef prices continue to drop choice down 393 22109 select down a dollar 1, 1 20441 Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now for County Auction Center, Industry, Texas. Sold 1,908 head this week. The trend was steady. Two to 300-pound steers brought $1.20 to $2.05 a pound. Three to four-weight steers, $1.10 to $1.97. Four to 500-pounders, $1.00 to $1.80. Five to six-weight steers, $0.90 to $1.60. Six to seven-weights brought 80 dollars to $1.34 a pound. Slaughter cows, 18 to 55 cents. Slaughter bulls, 60 to 82. Stocker cows brought 400 to 10.25 a head. East Texas livestock in Crockett, Texas, 2,459 head. The trend was steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.47 to $1.98 a pound. Three to four weights, $1.33 to $1.94 dollar ninety-four. 4 to 500 pounders $1.23 to $1.78 a pound, 5 to 6 weight steers $1.18 to $1.54, and 6 to 700 pounders bought dollar $1.10 to $1.46 a pound. Slaughter cows 35 to 58 cents, slaughter bulls 73 to 85, stocker cows 6.90 to 12.50 a head, cow calf pairs 9.40 to 15.50 a pair. Back over to the futures market, lean hogs closed higher Wednesday, December up 57 cents, 65.12. February hogs up 67 at 66.27. Class three milk was higher, the December contract up 12 cents, 15.67. January milk up 11 at 16.17, 100 weight. The cotton market closed sharply higher. A lot of bullishness this week in the cotton market as traders have been waiting on Thursday morning's USDA export sales report and the monthly supply and demand report. Traders expecting to see very favorable numbers in both of those reports. The dollar has been dropping recently. That makes our exports more competitive, so we're expecting to see that reflected in the export sales report. Also could see some results from all of the weather issues we've had in the supply and demand report. We close with triple-digit gains in the cotton market. March up 107 points, 7305. May cotton up 104, 7389. December 21, cotton up 71, closing at 71.73 cents. We saw an ice rally in the grain markets also ahead of the Thursday USDA supply and demand report. Big gains in both hard and soft wheat. December Kansas City wheat up 14 cents, 550 and a quarter. New crop July wheat up 12 and a half, 558 and a quarter. In Chicago, July wheat up nine and a half, closing at 583 and three quarters. Corn closed higher, December corn up five. 4.22. 4.22, new crop September corn up three and a half, 4.14 and a half. In the energy markets, January natural gas up three cents, 2.42, January crude oil down 11, 45.49 a barrel. The financial markets lower the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 131 points at 30,042, the NASDAQ down 236 at 12,343, the S&P 500 down thirty-two. 3,669. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag
0: Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts,